To another episode of the Quantum Shit Show, we are your hosts, Jody, Bo, and Danny. What's up? <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> and uh, today we are going to be talking about, um, we're actually revisiting some of our past understandings that we've encountered in our uh, air quotes quantum healing work. And kind of re-understanding it now from a different lens, um, a more complete lens. Not that it is complete, but it is more complete than before. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we kind of want to unpack some of these topics about the things that we've seen in the fields or in our work or um, otherwise, and then our current understandings about what they are and what they mean now. Yeah, well, this all was coming up um Actually, as Danica and I have been navigating uh, the information around the nervous system, and you guys know, I mean, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, we've been linking things to the nervous system and other other more substantial information for a while now. So this is not anything new, but it's just a cool way to expand some of the stuff that we've experienced ourselves. And through the work that we've done around the nervous system ourselves, um, some things have come up that when certain words would get used or certain definitions would be shared through that work, we'd be like, oh my God, I think this is what we saw in the session when we were experiencing blah, 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 blah. Because at the mm-hmm. time that we would experience certain things, we'd be like, what does this mean? What What is this? You know, <laughs> What and does it mean? <laughs> it's just interesting how that as you continue to learn, you know, if you stay in a learning space, that things can be connected together and you can go, oh my gosh, these things all match up and there's math and there's science and there's, you know, this understanding of the body and all these things connect. And so that's, what's been really cool. And the reason why we wanted to have this conversation again, like Danica said, like greater understanding has, you know, come to us. And so we wanted to share some of our understanding with you guys and knowing that it will expand even further beyond mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first thing that I want to say, and I know that we've kind of uh, tiptoed around this in some previous episodes, but there's a lot of discussion about the light body. Mm-hmm. And the light body is not the consciousness body. That's not what it is. Um, from what we have gathered up to this point, when people are interacting with the light body, it is the nervous system. Mm-hmm. It is the light that we're seeing is the electrical impulses moving through the nervous system and it is projecting information for us to see. The nervous system is trying to communicate with us to tell us what is going on within the nervous system and it's not the consciousness body. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I think we've we've said some things <laughs> about this in the past and talked about people feeling like they were interacting with people's light bodies, but not understanding that they were actually seeing communication from the nervous system. Um, but actually saying it so straightforwardly in this way is like, that's what you're looking at. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It helps make sense because um, 
this is also why, you know, based on people's interaction uh, or their openness to certain information, what they view on television or through social media or the conversations they have or anything that they are sitting pondering for any length of time and then go into session work, that stuff can totally come through. And if you're on the other end of, you know, facilitating a session, especially if you're doing it um, intuitively or psychically, um, things come through that you're like, well, what is this? Where did this come from? And literally it's just based on their own interaction of things that their system has received or downloaded or spent time pondering for any length of time. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time in my experience to actually like get into what's really going on because you have to filter through all the commercials, you know, all of the <laughs> nervous system commercials, mm-hmm. all the stuff that's been going on in people's field and in, in their space. And and this is another one, like talking about the field, talking about the field, people's field, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's an interesting, and we did mention it in one of the other episodes about the peripersonal space, that space around you. And it's the it's the electromagnetic field that is mm-hmm. emitted from your body, from your biology, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about. When we talk about the field. Mm-hmm. I think, I think this is a really um, interesting take on the light body understanding. And then looking at all of the experience the the multiple years of experience, and some people have more experience. Um, some people are, I guess, just stepping into a deeper understanding of, their own abilities or their own ability to per- perceive, not only see, but perceive in different ways what other people are going through or even see themselves and whatever whatever we're going through personally. Um, no matter where you're at, this is going to be our personal experience of things that we've seen or perceived. And upon further examination, um, because we are committed to that, upon further examination, uh, we revisit things that we didn't have as much context for. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting to say, well, to bring the nervous system into these things, because at any given moment, there are and <laughs> so many different things that are influencing us. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times whenever somebody comes into a private session or a quantum healing session, they have things going on that they are dealing with, struggling with, fears that they're having, pain that they're feeling, confusion that they're trying to navigate. And this indeed is going to be one of the many things that can be projected from the nervous system. And I think that once we get somebody or somebody gets into a space, whether it's with our help or with um, whatever we may need to use to calm ourselves down to get back into a place in our nervous system where we are what we call regulated, then we can actually start to experience what Danica was talking about, which would be the true understanding of the light body and how it's expressed and what it expresses. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time, whenever you get into a space or you start to feel into somebody, um, you don't even have to try. (laughs) And I think that there's so much training that goes into people being a quantum healer. Um, But the training is really how to understand what we're perceiving, what it's called, what it is, what causes it. And I think if you take somebody who's trained 
uh, in their nervous system teaching or they're, they're really at a good point of understanding like the different states of the nervous system, what causes them and really can understand another person and themselves from that point of view. And you put them in a quantum healing training, they're probably going to be like, uh, so this is actually caused by something, something else. Right. It's not going to be just taking these things at face value, taking the explanations that the teacher or the trainer gives. Um, it's going to be bringing a really anchored perspective into what's going on in people's quote unquote light body or their quote unquote field mm-hmm. up to the point where the nervous system can calm down the trauma or the story that's being told or the influence or whatever kind of radiation or toxicity is going on in their body and in their brain, in their experience is dealt with or calmed down to the point where we get to actually see somebody expressing from what their true light body is, which would be almost like the regulated state, but what comes beyond that, which would be different things that we can express, different things that we have access to because of that regulated state. Because if we're dysregulated in our bodies, our nervous system, our mind, what we're accessing is going to be toxified or it's going to be distorted based on what's causing the dysregulation. Mm -hmm. And then if we calm all of that down, it'll be something a little or a lot more clear something that is more of a point where we're trying to get to in coming into a private space or a healing session or a meditation or whatever you use, you know, if it's working out or exercising or going for a drive or grabbing a pillow and screaming into the pillow and just to deep down regulate yourself, it will be more of what you have access to that we're actually seeing as the light body. But up until that point, it's like, we have people who aren't very educated trying to describe things that are going on for many different reasons and describing them as all kinds of interferences that may not be as accurate. <laughs> least, yeah. To say the least. Yeah. One of the things that's immediately coming to mind is the conversation around constellations. And Jody and I had both um, read independently of one another about constellations. And I originally had seen the term used uh, in reference to trauma by Dr. Peter Levine, which you, all of you know, I talk about him a lot. Um, and then Jody had heard about it separately in, um, I think, was it German New Medicine? Yeah. I think yeah, is where you medicine. read about it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, she she brought it to me and I was like, oh my God, I was thinking the same thing because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it's so interesting because we had seen, we, we got to a point in our, air quotes, quantum healing journey where we had started to see constellations in yeah. people's fields. And, you know, uh, Jody and I were very uh intentional on not over interpreting these things because obviously we don't know exactly what they are right and then there was um then there started to be this whole wave that was moving through the quantum community where now constellations were a thing and it had to do with a celestial crown 
I can't not giggle whenever I say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying not to, but it did. It, just, it did it get interpreted yeah. in some crazy ways. And yeah. even I listen. Even the first. I remember the very first session I had when I saw constellations come up in the field, and I was like, "What the heck is this?" And I kept mm-hmm. sitting there with it. And I was like, "Cause I didn't see just one. I saw multiple constellations in mm-hmm. this person's session." And I remember sitting there thinking like, and I said this, I was like, uh, the only thing I can think is that this has something connected to like cosmic origin or something because the constellations were constellations I was familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in my mind, the best way for my mind to interpret it is like, so this is some kind of cosmic connection. I'm not sure exactly, Mm -hmm. but this is like a cosmic, maybe this is cosmic origin. Maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling that way of like, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> mm-hmm. what, is the, oh, what is the meaning? But because of the nature of uh, quantum work, I think it quickly turned into something that was like, oh, star seeds and blah, 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 you know, and got turned into something that um, got to a point where it's like, it actually didn't make any sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then people, everybody wanted to know what their cosmic origin was or what their cosmic Mm -hmm. connection was and if they had a constellation. And, you know, here's the thing. I can tell you, if you're listening to this, you have a constellation in your body. (laughs) (laughs) But there are reasons for it. Yeah. Plot twist. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. There are people out there that are marketing their themselves and their work directly um, referencing being able to tell people their cosmic origins and which star system they're from, what's influencing them and what they're here for, Mm -hmm. which cosmic family they belong to. But Mm -hmm. as we start looking at something called constellations in the brain, Mm -hmm. which are the result of drum roll. (laughs) Drama. Drama. Um, we it's it's a really interesting perspective and here's the things there are some things that we're going to try to nail down but this may not be one of those things we're just bringing another perspective for people to kind of understand a little bit more of what's what's available for them to to understand um just the same as what we're going through we're going to bring it to you guys hot and fresh off the press but um there is a, a major correlation here because these constellations from a cosmic perspective, seem to describe certain behaviors. They seem to describe certain archetypes, uh, patterns of behavior or things to come, things that have happened already. And that's exactly what the constellations in the brain do. They -hmm. describe something that has been, something that is to come. They describe a personality or Mm -hmm. a behavior, a character even, that forms as a result of these experiences that we didn't have the tools to release. So they become stuck. They become a pattern. They become a track. They become Mm -hmm. uh, underdeveloped. They can't move on. They become stuck in time, Mm -hmm. so to speak. 
Yeah. And so the way that I first learned about trauma constellations was um, not necessarily within the context of the brain, but Dr. Peter Levine was talking about uh, trauma symptom constellations in the actual body. And they interact and interface with one another, different symptoms do in a very Mm. specific pattern and in such a way that it gets to a point that these the constellation of symptoms is so far removed from the original um, uh, instance of trauma. And it was just talking about the interfacing between different symptoms and how they create um, like larger, a larger collection of symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were in the, he was talking about them being in the body. Like Which not, not like, just in the, not in, I know the brain is a part of the body, but like actually like in the actual, like, like fascia and tissues and spaces where you actually like, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which I don't doubt at all because of the fact that in session work that I've done, I've actually seen constellations literally in people's body where I could mm-hmm. point to the stars and I could have drawn an entire picture in their body with stars. Mm-hmm basically presenting as a constellation mm-hmm. in the physical like, body. Connect the and, dots. <laughs> yes. It was literally, that's how it felt. It felt like connecting dots. And then, and, and basically that was just a way to communicate what was going on. It doesn't mean that that's the actual constellation in the body. It's just the way that the mind attempts to um, understand what it's seeing. And so it's what I always say is like, you're going to be communicated with in those spaces, even if you're doing intuitive or psychic work in a way that your brain can make sense in a way that your mind goes, Oh, that's what you're trying to say. You know, it's like playing Pictionary with people's Mm -hmm. space. It's like all these things get presented so that your mind can organize them and make them understandable, you know, to the best Mm -hmm. of your ability. And so, um, but I've also seen mostly that there were constellations held in people. It would, it would show up in and around the Mm -hmm. crown of their head. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, now, and when I was reading German new medicine, which for those of you don't know about German new medicine, it's very, very cool, but it is the connection between the brain, the psyche and the body and how trauma um, impacts us through that um, three-part connection. And there are biological laws and all of this stuff. And it's very cool. Um, Very, very cool. But it was talking about the constellated uh, patterns in the brain. And these have actually been discovered by a doctor, Dr. Hamer, um, who did brain scans on people that had all kinds of different disease and things. And according to the disease they had, they had the same constellated pattern in the brain that controlled the place where that disease manifested in the body. So it was showing the Mm -hmm. link between the brain and the specific organ or system in the body. Mm-hmm. And they call it a constellation, but it's in the mm-hmm. brain and you could see them in brain scans and how they looked. So, mm-hmm. um, that's when I, when I was reading it and I didn't know Danica had read it about through, through somatic work. And then we were talking, and I was like, oh my God, this must be what mm-hmm. we have seen in these other places. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I did an, I did an entire course and there was a whole section in the course <laughs> formerly known as the Ruby Grail course, mm-hmm. uh, where I talked about like what I thought were like family templates and stuff held within certain constellations and things like that. And like, like cosmic origin type stuff. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I am cracking a little bit on, you know, people and that, and also (laughs) taking a crack at myself in the process because I did that too, you know? So I'm not here, I'm not here like, you know, to make fun of people and to feel, I don't want people to be like, Oh, she's so, she acts like, because she learned something, she's smarter than them now or like, you know, holier than thou. It's like, I did that shit too. 
I did it too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Hello, that's why that's why we're having the conversation, people, yeah. because we're the ones that sat in sessions and things presented themselves and we did our best to understand them at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, all this starts to make sense even whenever we bring it full circle um, to conversations that we've already had around ancestor memory and the whole star seed mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. And something else that was really interesting Jody, that you were talking about, about these studies that were done between the brain and the body is that upon further review, having conversations with each one of these people uh, who had these constellation, these brain body connections is they all experienced very similar experiences, Mm -hmm. traumatizations prior to the development of what they were observing in the brain and the body. So Mm -hmm. It was a direct link between the experience itself, which they call conflict, and the inability to actually resolve the conflict that mm-hmm. that showed up in the brain and then therefore the body. But mm-hmm. um, going to what you were saying, Danica, I was having, babe, as you were describing what you were describing and then Danica after what you said, this is bringing it full circle to the starseed conversation because if we're talking about memory being passed down and thinking about these places where you have a person who is under the impression that they come from the stars. They they're made. I mean, literally we are made in uh, anatomically from the same thing that the stars are made of uh, mm-hmm. according to what's measured and observed based on these sources. Right. Um, but you look at people who have this knowing this feeling, I know I'm from this place. I'm connected (laughs) to this place. Mm -hmm. And then we look at um, the things that are going on in the brain, in the body, and what we experience on earth, eventually depicting that same thing. We've talked about how earth, and we're not the first to have the conversation. I mean, this has been going on. Earth is kind of a landing zone for all the things that can't be alchemized in other systems. Like you, you look at the the Lyra Vega story and how earth was the civilizations of earth and blah, blah, blah were seated. But it's like, there was this massive cosmic fallout according to some of these stories where different parts of the galaxy, uh, different star systems, solar systems there, they would have these sort of energetic or spiritual refugees, mm-hmm. right? During massive cataclysm, mm-hmm. everything that was left over, everything that couldn't move on, everything that wasn't shareable or couldn't, be passed to the next density or dimension, it ended up in one of these other places that was being developed so that, mm-hmm. you know, you, we talk about karma and all that crap, but it's people come here, soul essence comes here to find a way to be shareable again. Mm-hmm. So we have people who may very well be inheriting at, at that level, inheriting these behavioral patterns or this energy to deal with, to alchemize, but then also seeing in a quantum session, the outpicturing of you're viewing somebody's light body and you see above their head or in their body or the entire right or left side of their body or their feet from their waist down or their waist up. You're having this outpicturing of a constellation Mm -hmm. and the interpretation of that is really kind of what we're revisiting here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because seeing it is, is seeing it. I mean, you see it and, And that's really what it is. But what it means bringing new information as far as the brain constellations, the trauma or the conflict that's unresolved, this could be 
Um, and they talk about what we receive from these sort of star blueprints or these ancestral memories. We kind of live them out in this incarnation, but it can be so many different things. It can be isolated to this incarnation and reflective of some sort of galactic conflict that's unresolved as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that we have to go to the galactic conflict mm -hmm. to resolve it, which is, I think what a, a lot happens during the quantum sessions is, well, let's go to this level and try to resolve it. <laughs> and it totally bypasses. Like we've talked about before the conversation this person just had right before the session that didn't go so well, or the, the fried food that they've been eating for two years that's left this massive issue going on that we're now seeing in the session. We're trying to deal with all this galactic conflict and cosmic. And it's right. like, no, it's because you're allergic to this food or it's because you have a, a major relationship that's been super rocky yeah. for or you need some more magnesium in right. your body. You know? <laughs> yeah. like well, after I said it, I actually wrote it down over here. So I'm glad that you touched on that, bow because I was thinking, I was like, well, maybe this, you know, the family templates held in the constellations and stuff like that actually could be because of inherited trauma and not just like nuclear trauma, but it could also be something that is um, like ancestral trauma and stuff like that too, because I'm thinking mm -hmm. about, um, Jody. I think I told you about uh our link between Muscogee culture and the Pleiades. Yeah. And we, mm -hmm. we believe that there is like, so Muscogee culture, we believe that there is a wormhole basically <laughs> that is a doorway for souls to pass through whenever they have a death experience um, in the Pleiades. And so it's making me think of, like inherited trauma, ancestral trauma, or even just information, not necessarily trauma also, you know, you know what I mean? And the other thing that was coming up for me, um, and I wrote it down, so I wanted to touch on it before I forget it, but you were talking about uh, conflict and that's, that's a, is that a German new medicine term? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Like the mm -hmm. conflict that arises that is unresolved that, yeah. And that's, that's everything that Dr. Peter, Peter Levine says about, um, the way that trauma gets stored in the body is there is a conflict that arises through the stress and, and it's being dealt with by the activation of the stress response and the conflict or the stress response, the, um, the problem is not solved. It's not mm -hmm. solved and it thwarts the biological process. And that's how the energy gets stuck in the nervous system and in the mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. so. AKA a need is not met looking at childhood and childhood trauma this conflict arises anytime we have a need that's not being met. Mm -hmm. So that's another way to look at it. Um, and we can see it now, things that are triggered, we call them triggers or activations in our bodies. Our triggers are doorways to our memory, but it's because there's an immediate need that's not being met. And it doesn't always have to be a physical need, you know, oh, I, I need to eat and I don't have food in front of me, or it can be, I needed to find closure in the conversation that I just had, right? <laughs> I needed to find conclusion in some other way. I needed uh, the hug. What does the hug represent? You know, if you're having a talk with a family member or a friend or a loved one, and maybe as a child, there was a need that you <laughs> didn't have met where there was no parent or guardian figure there to bring closure and tell you no. Oh, maybe this isn't your fault or maybe those are needs that we have mm -hmm. 
to be cl- to to have clarification of the situation and for people in our space to be accountable those are major developmental needs that we have to know that this isn't mine to carry and so as a as an adult these things show up and we may feel we need closure or whatever and part of the healing may have looked like oh well we can give ourselves closure we can reparent ourselves or whatever but it's it's directly pointing to the conflict and the conflict is anywhere that there was a need that wasn't met aka the situation was unresolved aka the conflict we never made it out of whatever the conflict was that was being created so you can look mm-hmm. at this in a lot of different ways but it's really all pretty much the same thing mm-hmm. i think the power in all of this too is that you know for us uh three of us at least and, and i don't think that we're the only ones on this journey. In fact, I know we're not because I have other conversations with other people, but it's like the moment we were allowed ourselves to, to, uh, remove the spell that was kind of, um, hovering over us and keeping us, um, basically ignorant. Um, and I just, and I'm not, this isn't about anybody in particular. This is literally our own stuff of just like trying to cope with life. You know, it's like the way we process whatever we're dealing with. But the moment that we were like, okay, no, this is not, this is not the whole of it. This is not all of it. And we are ready to um, escape fantasy land. Um, then we came into more information, right? It's like the moment that we're willing to really ask for the truth and we're like, no, the fantasy doesn't serve us anymore. The fantasy is not going to help us get what we are really after, which is wholeness, which is healing. It was like then all of a sudden, you know, we are put on a path where we get more information and we start to understand our body and the systems of our body. And we start to understand the brain and how the mind works. And, you know, um, it's powerful and it's helpful because we can help other people who have also been trapped in those spaces of dissociation Mm -hmm. as a way to cope, come into a place that is really not that scary. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that's why people say dissociated so long is because of the fear the things they're afraid of, the things that they're afraid to know, understand, feel. Um, yeah. You know, having to be reintroduced to their trauma or whatever, which is not what real healing is supposed to do, but, um, the identity is, is, yeah. It's just like once we could relinquish all the fear (laughs) around what it meant to get back into our body, you know, it was like, suddenly there was more information. And as there was more information, I was like, Oh, now we can actually be helpful, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it, it makes, I think that the reason why all of this reinterpretation, all of this new information, this, um, exactly what you were saying, Jody, like when we were on the path to truth, that more began to unfold in front of us and gave us a more complete scope of vision. And I think what makes it so affirming to me, um, wow, <laughs> why does this always happen to me? I just like, I lost my thought. Never mind. I'm it'll sure come it'll back come. in three, two, one. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Any, anyway. Uh, it'll come back. Um, how do we, I, I know that it will come back because it always does. Um, we have a few things here that we wrote down in our conversation of, hey, let's revisit some things that we've experienced during field work or field work on the human body or field work on the earth, you know, grid work, those kinds of things and sort of look at them through another lens. Um, and 
a new lens of interpretation. Not that we're necessarily trying to reinterpret these things, but just bringing the information that we have now back to certain mm-hmm. topics. Oh, Constellations. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just takes a little bit. Oh <laughs> I was just going to say, it's so, it's so affirming to me because it gives us a more holistic perspective, which I think is the way that it, it, healing is supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I was going to say. It was nothing mm. profound. <laughs> hey, that's a quote right there. Oh, that's good. That's a quote. That's I a t-shirt. Um, one of the next things on our little list to talk about, I mean, you guys, this is going to be a multi-parter if we go, if we go on this, this ride right now, because we wrote down constellations. You may have heard some of these terms before you may have had sessions either with us or with somebody else. You may have given sessions. You may have been trained. Um, you may have heard of some of these things, but we're going to talk about constellations as we have Russian nesting doll effect uh, and and how the internal, the micro to macro can show up in so many different ways. Entombments, mm-hmm. implants, black goo, miasma. We may have some more. This is just coming from my list. Heavy metal architecture in the body, nanotechnology, mm-hmm. mind control, and grid work. Uh, these are. This is just the beginning of... Mm-hmm. revisiting some of these things that have become so so much part of the culture of quantum healing you know some of the first things that people get confused about is the lingo <laughs> <laughs> the lingo of the quantum healer and what that even means um and it's there are things that i feel like people really experience i feel like Bless you. I feel like there are things that people really see. They perceive them. If they're clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, you know, all of the different clairs, uh, we're able to perceive what's going on here, whether we call it a blockage or we call it um, <laughs> whatever we call it. <laughs> uh Another thing that, you know, we were going to talk about just moving down the list is the Russian nesting doll. And that's what I put, the Russian nesting doll. But I actually heard of it, uh, heard it called that by Danica for the first time. And that wasn't the first time I heard of the Russian nesting doll. If you never have, uh, basically there are these little toys or these little figurines where they're like a, a little painting of some sort of small figure that's kind of shaped like a figure eight or like a, an hourglass or a bowling pin usually. And there's a little tiny, teeny one. And then there's a bigger one that goes on top of it like a little shell. And then there's a bigger version of that that comes on top of that one, like a little shell, like a shield that just covers it. And they keep going up and up and up and up until you have something, you know, I don't know, six inches tall or so. Usually uh, people collect them and Russian nesting dolls. That's what we're talking about here. So the point of reference there is to show that inside of one, there is another and it's like a box inside of a box inside of a box inside of a box. So you have a doll inside of a doll inside of a doll. And a lot of times in in quantum oh, I, I, healing work, we see something initially. And <laughs> I paused because I saw Danica was about to say something, but I never even finished the thought. Um, we see and then something. I saw you pause and I was like, oh, he's pausing for me. So then I started to talk and then you started talking. <laughs> I know. It's on me. It's on me. No, it's fine. But um, we see something that looks a certain way and upon further review, it sort of breaks down and we may see the exact same thing just in a smaller version or going deeper into the wormhole, deeper into the experience or deeper into the feeling. And 
that's basically the, the overview of kind of what we're about to talk about. One thing that I wanted to add is that Russian nesting dolls too are never identical to the one before it. They're each one is different. They're usually hand painted. Oh, so they're, yeah. so they're going to have, yeah, they're going to have some, um, you know, differences in them. Some people will call it an anomaly or something like that. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think variation. it's an anomaly, but it's a, yeah, yeah an, a variation. Um, so it's not identical to the one before it. It's not a clone. Okay. No. Yeah. It's I not remember that now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So I think um, we've had some prior conversations to just this one talking about even on this podcast, talking about the union blueprint and the fractality of that. And we've talked about fractality in, in many different contexts and different ways, almost the micro to macro conversation. We can look at a molecular structure within our human body in our DNA, but then also following out that concentric formula all the way into the, the most magnified or the, or the most, uh, maybe that wasn't the right word, the most vast scale, the largest scale of how this quote unquote universe works. Um, that's kind of what we're talking about. But I think uh, uh, one of the ways that this shows up is in quantum work, you may have an anomaly, like Danica said, <laughs> you may have um, something, if somebody is sensing your, your field, your presence, what you're giving off, um, basically picking up what you're putting down, uh, they may be able to sense that you have some sort of blockage or distortion or anomaly that upon further review, you start to clear some of the things, aka really bring God in and bring that pure principle and bring different um, remedies of stillness or correction into the space, whether it's through, there are many different ways to do it, but you kind of break down a layer of that. And then what you find is the exact same thing almost, <laughs> except you just go a little bit deeper into it. And then you're wondering, okay, do we use the same thing, the same modality or the same technique or the same um, practice to kind of break this thing down? Sometimes it will show up in objects. Maybe if you're clairvoyant, you will see in somebody's field uh, a box. It's a perfect example. A box. It's like a chest. Um, and then <laughs> we're trained to find out a way to open the box. <laughs> oh, it has a keyhole. What do we do? We have to find the key. So you go on this wild goose chase to freaking try to find some imaginary key to open this damn box. This is so funny. Um, and then, you know, if you're a, a master level quantum healer, you may have this modality. A master to, level? You know, I'm just kind of joking around, but if you're some freaking – super saiyan you can drive in you don't need the key you can just open the box because you're so powerful and you can use light language or use a use a tone i mean use all kinds of different things to open the freaking box you don't need the key so you open the box and boom there's another box inside yeah except this time it's not a key it's a combination lock so you're just like oh my gosh this thing goes on and on and on um, mm-hmm. Or you can have um, different kinds of things like a, a scenario, a timeline. Um, mm-hmm. You're wondering, what, why am I seeing all of this stuff? Okay, there's a, a young girl frolicking through the field. Oh, she comes up to a, a stone wall. There's something written on the stone. You know, it's like it, it can. It's like this freaking wonderland 
of mm-hmm. infinite possibilities. And all of these things are meant to mean something. They're, they're all symbolic and they all have an origin. They all are telling the story. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird responsibility on the quantum healer to, to interpret or know all what all of these different things are. Otherwise, they're telling the client or the person who's receiving the session, this is what's there. I don't know what it means. And that ends Which up being I've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, that ends up being the case so many times because to really understand what these things are based on the quote unquote training, you're not equipped. We're not mm-hmm. equipped to to really based on the training that is available and that's out there to understand what's actually going on whenever you start tapping into the complexity of what's happening in somebody's nervous system and what's happening in somebody's body and what they've been through. Mm-hmm. There, it's a, it's a, it becomes hit or miss. Well, because they're being trained to interpret manufactured timelines, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. if their timelines are manufactured, then what they're interpreting is a, mm-hmm. a guess at best. Right. You know, it's all, it's all hypothetical. Like you break mm-hmm. down the scene or the vision, you, you say enough prayers, you say the right words to pierce the veil of illusion, and then this whole scene in the middle breaks down, and now mm-hmm. you're in some sort of laboratory and it's the, it's, it's the box inside of the box inside of the box, you know? That is, and entombment is a perfect example because that was the first time that I had ever seen that rushing nesting doll situation. Mm. And that was exactly what I called it because it was an entombment within an entombment within an entombment. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. But one of the hallmarks of an entombment from, you know, uh, quantum quantum healer training is that there is an object within it that's powering the entombment that you have to retrieve and return back to the person. It's the Something's, coolest video game scenario I've ever yeah, heard. It's right. like it's, it's like a crystal or some sort of like relic or artifact that you have to like return to them. But it's the what key I, from that other person's session. <laughs> yeah. It was in this person's field. Yeah, it's like, oh, so they must be connected. Oh my God, they're yeah. probably beloveds. They're probably brother and sister. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if if y'all been through this already, you're either super pissed off that we're talking about it, or you're laughing yeah. your ass off. Yeah. Oh my god. So, but what I've come to find out, and the reason I bring this up, Jody's like falling out. She's slain in the spirit. <laughs> um, it's funny because it's real. It's, it's funny because this shit happens. <laughs> yeah, it's real in it that went. it's not real, and still, yet it really happens. It really happens. <laughs> yeah. And so, what I found that an entombment actually is, based on my current understanding of it, is a projection of the nervous system trying to tell you where the trauma is stuck in the nervous system and the state that it's stuck in, how it's right. stuck. Right. So, yeah. And so when I look back on all of my other sessions where there is an entombment, um, I can pinpoint now information about the nervous system. Like I I can understand it better. I understand what the nervous system is trying to tell me now, you know, based Mm -hmm. off of the imagery that the entombment is showing me, I can see and interpret better. I won't say that I'm like, you know, a gifted translator, but I have a better interpretation of the state of the trauma, where it's stuck, how it's stuck. Yeah. Right. The thing that's interesting about the nesting, which we were talking about too, that I think is worth mentioning is Bo and I were last night kind of going through a process that had to do with physics and DNA and all of this stuff. And we were listening and 
the person speaking was talking about the way that DNA um, has, there are spaces within the DNA braid itself that are there for the purpose of nesting. And this Mm. is where ancestral memory comes in. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, pause it. I was like, do you remember the sessions where we would see these nesting dolls? Right. (laughs) And of course, Danica's had her own experience with it. But Bo and I have also had that experience. We were I was like, oh, this is, this was ancestral memory. This was the ancestral Mm -hmm. memory coming up and helping us understand that. And so it's like these moments, you guys, It, it happens in a flash. It happens in literally just a single word is spoken and it triggers something that we've experienced. And it's like, all of a sudden there's this huge understanding of information coming through where it's not even in words. It's just like immediate understanding. And you're like, Oh, that's what that was. Mm -hmm. And so it's really powerful. And, and here's the thing too. I I do want to add this little disclaimer or this little side note, if you will, to what we're sharing is like, listen, if you've done, um, uh, quantum session work, if you've done sessions with people and you've brought through this thing and that thing, and you've seen this and you've seen that, and it's galactic this and, you know, um, being this and ET this, um, and you're in a space where you're like, I see more now. And so I, um, decide I've decided I'm not going to do that work at all anymore or whatever. I just want to encourage you not to swing the pendulum too hard (laughs) because there's still value in being gifted at being, able to intuit and mm-hmm. and see what's happening for people. The the real prize here is being willing to number one, speak on it, it if it's a mistake. You know, like mm-hmm. be like, well, I thought that's what it was and apparently I had the wrong information. That's mm-hmm. okay. We're freaking human. Like mistakes are part for the course. Like that's what's that's what's going on here. We're just learning. But in in the other space too is like to be in a learner space, to be in a space of constantly learning and growing so that you can bring the best information forward that you have mm-hmm. access to at the time. Sure. And um mm-hmm. to not to to not be so, you know, like, well, I can't do this work anymore. It's like, no, first just acknowledge, oh, I may have I may have misspoken or I may have misunderstood, right? Uh-huh. And then from there, just being willing to learn and to expand your information. I think the thing that irritates me the most in these spaces is people feeling ashamed for having gotten it wrong and then abandoning it altogether or people continuing on their trajectory because they are convinced that what they are saying is right and they refuse to gain further information or more awareness and they perpetuate the false play on pe- mm-hmm. other people that yeah. those things I'm like, no, we need to, we need to, uh, we need to look at this again. Well, you and I had this conversation the other day privately because I was like, oh, yeah. I had a trauma response where I completely shut off that faculty right? and, and have not been doing that type of work for mm-hmm. a couple of reasons. Um, you know, the first being that I had a trauma response and I felt right. like I couldn't trust what I was seeing. And then the the other reason is because I felt like embodiment is something that needed to be really focused on and brought forward because so many people were disembodied and being disembodied by the work. So I really wanted to focus there. Mm-hmm. But Jody, you helped me so much because I, I when I said it, I recognized, I was like, wow, because I can look back on some of the sessions that I've had, most of the sessions that I've had, the grid work that I've done, the visions that I've had and things like that, and recognize that they were accurate and I misinterpreted them right. because I didn't yeah. have enough information. We did too. I think that yeah. that 
it's so powerful. And that's kind of what I was saying at the very beginning of this was if we can get in our healing sessions, our healing sessions overall are, in my opinion, much more potent in my experience, much more potent than they were uh, whenever we were doing all the things that we thought a quantum healer was supposed to do. Um, bringing the embodiment work and more understanding around the nervous system and things like German new medicine, things like nutrition and really getting a better grasp, a better understanding of what could be going on. We're not jumping to these places where we're totally disembodied trying to figure out the solution, trying to solve the puzzle. It's like, it's all right here. It's all tangible. Mm -hmm. It's something that you can um, effortlessly deliver to somebody who's seeking solution or somebody who has the solution. They just may not know how to honor their discernment or trust themselves in, in what they're able to do you know, supporting somebody in doing that. And then whenever we get into a state where the nervous system is downregulated or it's, it's really able to receive at a, at a molecular level. I mean, we're talking about actually facilitating pure bliss and unconditional love spaces that are vacuum sealed spaces that are timeless, ageless. That is our intention in, in setting up these quantum healing sessions and and helping um, every person who steps into that space really get to a place where these things are not hindering their ability to receive any longer. Uh, a lot of times it's kind of heavy work of like, let's address these conflicts. Let's help clear this trauma or let's identify it. Some, sometimes that's kind of a square one, what's mm -hmm. actually going on. But whenever we get to that space, we start to, it starts to lift the burden. It's not necessarily a problem that we have to figure out a way to solve right then and there. A lot of times identifying the monster mm -hmm. reveals it to be pillows underneath the sheets, not, not a person or something. It, it's just a, a coat in the closet with a pair of boots underneath, not a, not a monster in the closet. It, it's, it reveals it for what it is. And when people can really see that, their nervous system is able to be in a state of receiving the sort of galactic information, cosmic intelligence, the plasmic correction to the light body. We're no longer operating in this state of projection, uh, false projection, or this sort of conflicted, um, traumatized, dysfunctional projection. We're in a state where we can really bring in something very potent um, and awaken, activate, revive, resurrect, Mm -hmm. what people are actually capable of doing because if our body this is what we're really understanding more now than before if our body has what it needs it can do what it's meant to do mm -hmm. simply put yep. exactly it's already if, been designed to heal if it if it is healing that needs to happen it absolutely mm -hmm. will heal i mean it it breathes on its own it knows what to do this is the okay. whole thing about German new medicine is these conflicts that are created come from the body doing what it knows how to do and the mind not being able to catch up with how immediate the okay. body is operating. Mm -hmm. So the mind takes all of this time and as soon as we can really years down the road wrap our freaking mind around the conflict <laughs> and understanding that the body literally in an instant did what it needed to do. <laughs> Um, this is where all kinds of ailments come from. But in this particular case, it's it's really clearing all of that out of the way and getting to that still point, the zero point, the point of maximum compression, bringing physics into the picture, bringing the electromagnetic flow of the human body and understanding how to 
clear the space and anchor in something true that is of the organic family template of the organic origin and that plasmic connection to our ancestors, to God, um, to the divinity that we have access to in our DNA. We go to the molecular level and we really start to ignite that fire moving all throughout the body, awakening the things that people are trying to do as they're trying to solve these puzzles, trying to figure out why they're showing up in a timeline, why they're showing up in the Renaissance days or as a knight in armor, you know what I mean? And it's like um, the, the healing is not always going to be in the fantasy. It's not always going to be in the story that's being told at face value mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we see and start to clear out tangibly and anchor this, you know, that's the whole issue with, the quantum training is that they're not having a full scope of education and understanding of this is where this uh, electric experience that you're seeing Mm -hmm. in the field anchors in a Mm -hmm. tangible way. This is where its anchor point is in the physical reality. The information in that type of training is arbitrary and it's, it's basically made up by the person who's facilitating it, their personal experiences and not based in any, science or anything like that Mm -hmm. and this is exactly this is what i'm saying is so powerful is whenever we have something tangible where this we've been talking about this is the quantum Mm -hmm. shit show i mean this something that is a tangible anchor point for what has been called mystery folklore Mm -hmm. mythology all of these mag magical experiences we can see it tangibly how it's created Mm -hmm. and observe it measure it it's so affirming it literally enhances the experience tenfold Mm -hmm. and it unlocks our true abilities to be able to communicate in this way. Mm -hmm. And that's Um, how the work has changed. (laughs) When we say our work has changed, it's because we're bringing deeper understanding, not cosmic understanding, not fairy tale understanding. We're talking about things about where these fairy tales, these cosmic constellations where they anchor into the body and going directly (laughs) to that space speaking to it letting the body know it's safe and and maybe it takes time maybe it's not as instant you know maybe Mm -hmm. it's a start a stepping stone maybe your quantum healing experience already kind of made you jaded like we talked about and you just throw the baby out with bathwater. but if you decide to come back and and have a new experience with people who are bringing more to the table And not overinterpreting these things or not trying to be the one right. who does it, then you may have uh, actual healing coming mm-hmm. from the experience and leave with less questions mm-hmm. than you came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's coming from an embodied place. And really, you know, we're, we're trying to master the human experience, not escape it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, yeah. now we are in terms of our willing, that's what pursuing the truth means, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, being a student of the truth or a student of the way of truth means that we are not trying to escape, that we are trying to um, access what is inevitably ours and is our birthright, which is to know. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> people think that being a student of the truth means that I escape and I try to go figure out all of these alleged mysteries. Which um, the thing about mystery is that we have misconstrued the entire word to mean the things that most people don't know 
or that I don't understand, that's a mystery. If I don't understand it, it's a mystery. Well, it just means it's ignorance. If you don't understand it, you're just ignorant of the understanding of the thing. Mm -hmm. It's not actually a mystery. In the true sense of the word, the ancient mystics, the ancient mysteries were the people who actually studied Mm -hmm. to know the real truth behind the thing. Mm -hmm. That's why it was called a mystery is because everyone didn't want to go there. Everyone wasn't willing to dive in and go deeper into the truth Mm -hmm. and not far out into the ether. That's what people think the mystery is. And that's where the word esoteric comes from as well. Known by a few. Right. It's known Mm. by a few. And it's it's known by a few because only a few really want to pursue the truth behind the things. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah, it makes so much sense. I thought it was so powerful what you very quickly said about intumments, Danica. Um, And maybe we'll leave it at that, but you said it uh, exactly how I was feeling it too, was for anyone who's ever heard of an entombment or seen an entombment, been told that they're entombed, um, this is described wonderfully by uh, trauma in early childhood development or throughout life and how we get stuck mm-hmm. in time, in conflict, mm. in mm. Uh, a certain response. This is how um, all kinds of tics and nervous system uh, debilitation actually happens. So many things can literally be linked to the nervous mm-hmm. system. I'm talking about, and and here's the thing. I am a person who obs- who is observing and educating themselves. I am by no means an expert about all kinds of things, but looking at any neurological disorder, um, any form of autism or any form of what's happening with mental illness Mm -hmm. in, in the many forms that it shows up. But even you see things like Parkinson's that really shows up in the nervous system or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, tics, Tourette's, if there's any sort of behavioral patterns that are unconscious in the body in, you, you look at obsessive compulsive disorder and these things that clinically have been described, you're looking at somebody who's entombed in a response. Mm-hmm. You're looking at somebody who is in conflict and their body is constantly, sometimes constantly, um, but in all cases, consistently trying to solve the conflict. Mm-hmm. That is the response. That is the tick. That is mm-hmm. the twitch. That is the shaking. Yeah. Um, you see, Uh, dogs during a lightning storm or a thunderstorm, their body is shaking and it's because they're scared. But why is their body shaking? It's because their natural response is to shake the trauma out of their cells, shake the conflict Mm -hmm. out of their cells. At that point, at that point, it's not trauma yet. Trauma is the energy that's stuck within. So if they are shivering and they're discharging the energy so that it doesn't become trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. this is what I was saying is the dog doesn't need to know why or what the thunder is. Mm-hmm. All it needs to do is just sh- it, its body knows what to do. And as humans, we get stuck in this. What is that experience? What is that <laughs> thunder? The metaphor of thunder? What is mm-hmm. the storm? Why is it happening? And that's why it takes so long. That's why we really get stuck in conflict is because our body knows what to do. Mm-hmm. But our mind is trying to wrap itself around the complex thought of what was that? What's going on? Why is my body shaking? Mm -hmm. A lot of times you see somebody who's overthinking in their healing process and their body is ready to cry. Mm -hmm. And you can see them looking around. I mean, this happens to me. Mm -hmm. The first feeling usually, especially if I'm in public, 
if I am if something jars me or I feel like I'm having an emotional release or I need to cry, especially my brain will do these things. Who's around? What's this about? Mm-hmm. Why am I crying? Mm-hmm. But my body's like, no, bro, just cry. <clears throat> you need to cry the same way that you need to laugh, the same way you need to go pee. Let's cry, bro. You you need to, right? My body's like, just don't, don't, don't question it. Just, just let it out. And my brain is over here like, but wait, who's around? What's going on? Why am I crying? Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. And we have to try to make sense of it. And that is like some, it's the, it's the thing that makes us so advanced, but it's the thing in our evolution that literally <laughs> throws the biggest curveball mm-hmm. and makes us slower in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, that right there that you're describing is the, the conflict that thwarts the biological process. It's the, the, con- the con- what's well, the conflict between the psyche and the biology. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, it's very powerful, you know, whenever we see somebody in a quantum healing session, we don't necessarily even refer to them as entombments anymore. Um, right. but we could, you know, we really could, and it would not mean the same thing as it did last summer mm-hmm. when we would say, oh, I'm seeing an entombment here. What we're really mm-hmm. saying is we're seeing, um, and we had this understanding, but not at the, the way that we do now, and it will continue right. to evolve and grow. But uh, now it wouldn't be about let's try to work our way through the puzzle. It's asking questions. You know, you have all kinds Mm -hmm. of different um, possible solutions or ways to work through that conflict with a person that doesn't involve them not being a participant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the quantum healer just being this person who's like, well, I'm going to pull you out of this entombment right now. It's like, well, let's work through this. Let's talk right. about this. Because you can't just pull them out of an entombment. It doesn't work that way. And this is, the, I think, I think, I think this is part of the reason why. Yeah, exactly. I think this is part of the reason why so many quantum healers would be like, and it can come back. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I can pull you out of this entombment, but there might be copies of it, multiple ones, or it could come back. Because right. we can't just, we can't just do that. We can't just, the person has to do it and it takes time. Right. And this is why you see stories that relate to miraculous healings, like the Jesus stories. And Jody's dad really painted this picture for me, but I'm sure he may not be the first person to ever realize this, but he showed it to me. And it was, this is why Jesus never said, yeah, I did this for you. He always gave a command to the person. He always gave a command to the spirit within the person. And it wasn't just, I I raised you from the dead. He told Lazarus, rise, get up. It was the the participation. He was, okay, now see. It wasn't, I've healed your blindness. He said, just see. Right. Be free, be alive, <laughs> come back, right? Come unto me. It's it's always in the message there that's that's metaphorical. We're not debating whether the story is accurate or false, but the message is that there's always a command given or an invitation being made. So maybe you're not comfortable with being commanded to do something, but this is what's going on is a participation. Mm -hmm. It's never just um, one person. This is why you say you can't, you can't heal somebody. Uh, You can't do their healing for them. There's gotta be a point. You can't cry for somebody, right? You Mm -hmm. can't um, have the conversation with somebody's parent that they really need to have. It's like, no, you take the step, you walk. I will give you some tools. I will show you the door. You have to walk through it yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? I don't know. I think I cut you off. It's okay. I don't remember. It's good. It's all, it's all fine. But yeah, 
I think that's that's a big part of the thing. And and how how fantastical is it that we have people over here um, trying to break savior programs off of one another and <laughs> actively participating in one, <laughs> right? With their quantum healing, yeah. being a quantum right. healer. I am the one that will save you from this. I know what I was going to say. Um, I was thinking about you speaking and talking about quantum healing. And I heard the other night I was at an event and this lady got up to speak and she said she's a quantum healer and that she heals people at a DNA level. And I was like, wow, this is something that's been touted often in the quantum healing community that they're going to heal people at the DNA level. You know? This is something that's been touted in a lot of cults and then people oh, yeah. drink the Kool-Aid. Right. <laughs> and so <clears throat> again, what you just said, Bo, is what's so powerful is like no one heals you at the DNA level. You heal yourself at a DNA level. Mm-hmm. You heal yourself whenever you literally change one little, one tiny little thing in a pattern that you've been accustomed to. Mm-hmm. One choice point begins to heal you at a DNA level. One introduction of some new kind of mineral in your body or, you know, nourishing yourself in a way you never have before. That's what begins to change you at a DNA level. This is what begins to cause your genes to express differently. You know, it's not these big, deep things. It is not even being in a space where someone is claiming quantum healing power and they are like, I'm running this light code through your body and we're eviscerating this thing and we're cutting this out of your body and we're doing this and that. It's like, no, you're still playing video games. So here's the thing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there are, there of course, there are light codes. There's all this stuff. I'm not going to discredit these things, but I just think it's really wild that we've let ourselves succumb to language around DNA healing for so long and then made it be these energetic sessions that energy is going to clear our DNA um, and or or you know this code or that code and we're gonna bring codes in. It's like you're already coded. First of all, your body is already coded to heal itself. Right. It's our interference with the body that keeps it from healing. Right. <laughs> it's our thinking about what we think needs to happen that suppresses the body's ability to heal when the body's already coded to heal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it's that we need more codes. I, I think it's that we need to understand our own coding. I think it's that we need yeah. to understand yeah. our own genetic expression. We need to understand ourselves better, you know? And mm-hmm. I know for me, I said this in a class that we just taught, I was like, when I went through my healing process, I'm still in a healing process on all levels. But when I it started it, I was in such disarray, such I was such a wreck physically that the thing that I went to was purge the body, purge the body, purge the body, which was making my body worse. And I think this is something that happens for people is like, let me just purge myself of all of these things. Let me purge myself of all this chaos, right. of all the trauma, of all the this. Let me purge myself of it. And we end up having detox symptoms spiritually and mentally and emotionally because we are trying so hard to collapse all this shit out of us, right? And our bodies, our system is going slow down. I cannot keep up with you. So we re-traumatize ourselves mm-hmm. in an attempt to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a conundrum. It's a contradiction. Yeah. And so what really started healing me was actually putting things back in my body. 
-hmm. It wasn't detoxing parasites. It wasn't detoxing heavy metals. It was actually like, oh, you're so deficient, Jody. You actually don't have enough of anything, really. It's a miracle you're alive. So why don't you start putting nutrients back in your body? Why don't you start remineralizing? Why don't you start Mm -hmm. putting these things back in? And I mean, in whatever way we can apply that to our spiritual journey or our um, emotional journey, it's like we've already been robbed of so much. We've already been depleted of so much. That's why we're fractured. It's why we're emotional. It's why we're Mm -hmm. a freaking mess. So why don't we stop trying to purge ourselves of all the mess and start adding God back into the mix? You know, right. let's, let's start adding love back into our, mm-hmm. ourself, you know, let's, let's start adding the, the healer back in, you know? Well, mm-hmm. what you were saying a second ago when you were like, your body was like, it can't keep up with all this energetic and spiritual work that you were trying to do, all of this stuff that you were trying to pull out of your space and purge. And it causes that disconnect because your body and your your spirit or whatever you want to call it are not in sync. And essentially, you disembody from your body. And your body mm-hmm. is literally like, I can't, I can't do all that. I can't keep up. But you're supposed to be in sync. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about healing work is people think it's all about getting rid of what's wrong. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. You don't go attacking the thing that's wrong to get rid of it. You're Mm -hmm. going to have to bring love into the mix. It was the thing that I learned the most about doing personal development work was in personal development work, they wanted us to go dig up all the bones of our demons and talk about them. And we made shitty lists and we did this and we did that. And it was like, all I saw was people be re-traumatized and continue to live in these um, consumptive patterns where they were still collapsing. And they, and then when I stepped in and decided I wanted to do some type of personal development work, the very thing that I did with people was let's talk about loving ourselves. And you've never seen demons in your life come screaming out of you until you start trying to love them or <laughs> loving yourself. It's yeah. like stand in front of a mirror and tell yourself, look at yourself deeply in the eye and actually say the words, I love you and watch the resistance come up, watch the revolt come up. It's like, Oh, dude. Yeah. I saw a totally different person whenever I did that. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't even me. We, it's almost easier for us to go look for the shitty parts of ourselves, or for us to go look for the bad in us. You know, it's almost easier. It's almost more comforting to do it. It's like, start applying love and see what happens, you know? And that's how I feel about all of the healing work. It's like, and I'm having to speak to myself right now, obviously, because Mm -hmm. I do this crap to myself, but it's like, start applying love and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, start applying love and see how the healing goes. You and know? That's, that seems to be a foundational uh, aspect of quantum work too, is like it has to do with the darkness and all this kind of stuff. And it's like mm-hmm. expelling the darkness or these dark entities, or you've got something siphoning on you. You're being dark attacked. There's these, all these things in your field and all this kind of stuff. And it's like- Focus on yeah, find it, finding the darkness. And I want to, I want to clarify too, cause I'm not talking about this bullshit love and light crap. I'm not talking right. about false loving yourself, love yourself. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about getting to the core of what love really is. And we have to know God to know that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have to know ourselves at deeper le- levels to understand what love really is. Um, I think we're all still on that journey, but it's mm-hmm. like applying that versus digging up the bones of every evil thing you can find within yourself or your ancestral lineage or your timelines or whatever. And trying to show it to somebody. Yeah. I just, the healing process is going to, it's going to look like two different things, you know? And so I think that's what 
we're essentially saying in all of this, while also bringing light and illuminating the places where there's been misunderstanding. And we want to make that a little more clear (laughs) for people. Yeah. And accessible. I think this, this metaphor, I had a vision of like throwing a rope um, to somebody um, as we've been talking and babe, what you were just saying about, um, hold on, hold on. It's, it's still there. It's still there. I got to get it. <laughs> you were talking about applying God. I don't know if you use those words, but mm-hmm. those words came up for me. You apply God. Oh, you said apply love. Same, same. <laughs> um, really getting into a space and, and getting to a, a deeper place within somebody and, and helping facilitate an experience where they can get to a deeper place within themselves. If you can start to find a stillness where you can feel your own heartbeat, this is a good space to work. And it's not feel your heartbeat because you just were running or because you just drank coffee. It's, it's getting into a space where maybe you felt cloudy before and you let yourself be still long enough to sink into the internal world in whatever way you need to do this. And you may not be able to do it at first. You may need to go for a run. You may need to work out. You may need to uh, take a couple hours, eat some food, and then come back to it. But whenever you get to that space and and you really, um, in learning how to do it for yourself, of course, at the core of it all, we know how to do it for ourselves. Sometimes we need to be guided Um, And all the other ways that we're guided to do things, we learn to do them or even relearn to do them. Connecting to God is one of the things that, yes, intrinsically, we know how to do it, but we may need help being guided on what to do, how to do it, just like eating the right food, just like walking, you know, all these things. It's in there. We just have to be shown how. So a lot of times what happens is um, in, in true healing, what I've seen um, the responsibility of the quote unquote healer or the supporter or the facilitator is to really throw the rope. If it is a modality, if it is focusing on codes or light rays or, or whatever, certain light rays, as we talked about in our Instagram live, <laughs> you may want to be more careful with those things. <laughs> but um, for example, vocal tones, uh, that's one that we use a lot in our work. And really what it's doing is it's not just doing all of the work. It's kind of throwing a rope to the person and showing, hey, this is is really going to start to awaken and activate this part of you. But you kind of have to kind of let your body do what it knows what how to do. Your mind may want to get in the way and try to understand. And we can explain it. I mean, we can sit here for 20 minutes before we even run the tone to explain why it's going to work or what it's going to do, (laughs) which may be effective. But most of the time it's like our body knows what to do. Whenever we hear certain sounds, our body knows what to do the same way that we, we know certain people in our life and we hear their voice and our body just is able to relax. We feel the touch of somebody. Our body knows exactly what to do. It can relax. It can let go. Um, So much of what happens here, whenever we focus on applying God first, sealing the space up, bringing God into that space. Uh, it almost gives the cells and the molecules and the different layers of us, different organs or parts of our body or entire hemispheres of our body, our mind, our heart, our brain, the rope to grab onto. That's like, oh yes, there it is. I know where it is. Uh, almost like if you've ever been wakeboarding or done any kind of sports behind a boat, 
uh, if you ever fall down, the boat comes around, but you have this moment where you're looking for the rope in the water, the rope that's coming behind the boat. You're supposed to try to grab it, but you, at first you're like, where is it? Cause you're eye level with the water and there's some waves and stuff. And it's like, where is it? And then you see it and it's like, oh, there it is. And so you may have to swim a little bit, but your body knows how mm-hmm. to get to the rope. And if you can't get to it and grab onto it, it'll come back around. And that's exactly what this healing process is like. Like you said, it's like bringing love into the space so that our body has something that it can recognize at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Sometimes all we can recognize is the trauma. Sometimes we're stu- we've are we been in the loop for so long that we don't know anything different and it can seem foreign. And I think that's maybe resulting, maybe a reason why so much of the darkness is the focus of a lot of quantum healing sessions. But in a space where you have somebody who can bring in something anchored, something grounded and, and speak God, it there's a recognition, there's a true mirror. And it's not just a mirror of our trauma. It's not just a mirror of the shadow so you can see it because we've been dealing with it. <laughs> we can see it. <laughs> uh, we're actually trying to, to heal that and stop identifying with it so much. Uh, and so to bring God into the space it organically, naturally, in the right timing helps dissolve all of these other things without somebody coming in going, like you said, I'm going to dissolve this right now. I'm, I'm going to break this down right now. It's like, let me show you God. Let me show you what you have access to. Your body knows what to do. Just trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Let go if you have to let go. Speak the words if you have to speak the words. This is a safe space to do it. What would you say? You know? That's a, that's a powerful question. And so many times somebody's asked me, um, and it's with the mirror, you know, hold a mirror up to yourself. What would you say? What do you see? Write a letter to this age or whatever. What would you say? What would you tell them now? It's the, it's kind of the same thing. It, the way that we find the solution within ourselves is somebody who can ask a good question and, and, uh, let the space speak for itself. Real healing happens. And this is a remote session. This is not even talking about the the profound effects of being able to touch somebody else while you're doing this mm-hmm. and be trauma informed, mm-hmm. be trauma informed and, you know, have a gentle modality where you combine all of these things together. And oh, my gosh, you see the miraculous. You mm-hmm. see people get up and walk. You see people see mm-hmm. you, you. You watch them watch. And they see themselves and yeah i think the most profound um experiences i've had um through session work have been where people have walked away from a session and then sent me messages back later um danica and i both experienced this in the um session work she and i have done together where people come back and be like i had this realization and this is what's coming up and i'm seeing this and i'm seeing that it's like yes this is how it's supposed to be where you become your healer, you know, Mm -hmm. and you become the knower and you become the one that is awakened and and understands. And there's not other people that are speaking it to you all the time, but that somebody can say something or share something in a space that wakes you up. It's just like what happened last night. Bo and I are listening to somebody else teaching something and I hear one word and it wakes up this whole thing inside of me of understanding. That's Mm -hmm. what we're here to do for each other. You know, it's like people, people get all crazy in the wonkiness of, I'm searching outside of myself. I can't do that. It's just got to be me by myself. 
or it's just me by myself. I need to go find somebody else. You know, it's like there are these extreme places to live. And we've addressed this before. It's like there's a beautiful balance of I have an anchored relationship with myself and with God and I'm able to connect with people who can speak into my space and bring that activated awareness of, oh my God, there's more here that gives me permission to go deeper within myself or to know God at a deeper level. Like that's what we're here to do for each other. Um, Not to be each other's answer, you know, Mm -hmm. and that there's just a big difference. So I know there's so much more for us to actually talk about. We have so many other things. Yeah. um, Yeah. Might have to, to do ad- another, uh, yeah, another part two episode. I think so. I think we'll just have to continue this conversation. So we'll go ding, 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 ding. Round one complete. <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, catch you so, next time. Yeah, we thank you guys all for joining us for this conversation and being a part of it. And I feel like there was a ton that we packed in already just into this mm-hmm. hour and twenty minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and um, hopefully, you guys really enjoyed it. We always uh, welcome and encourage feedback and. Um, support. There are many different ways to support the show. So uh, we're so grateful for all of our listeners and excited to see where this thing is going to go on these future conversations. And Mm -hmm. that's pretty much what we got. Later. Catch you next time.